Hello everyone, welcome to God's Internet Church Podcast, episode 60. I am your host, Pastor Ron Weaver, and I count it an honor and privilege to be here to share with you the Word of God that He's put on my heart. And we're going to be looking at J.B. Phillips. For this day of devotional. And today's title, he titled it, In the Heart and Mind. And what we're going to do, we're going to today have that. We're going to do prayer requests. Um... Of uh, you know are the needs and stuff are coming through the church that I lead pastor at, and maybe church stuff that comes in here. Um, and then we're gonna. But before we start all that, we're going to we're going to have a song called "Let It Rain" by Michael W. Smith. So let's listen. Let it rain.
Amen and amen. What a true statement. We've got to let God reign in our body. The rain that we're talking about is not the rain of physical rain. We're talking about the rain of the Lord. And we need to ask God to open up that rain so He will bless us. We need to ask God to open up the, the rain of to bless His people. To open up the floodgates of heaven. To bring down that heavenly rain upon the blessings of His people. Especially in these times and these days. Oh, hallelujah. God is good and He's good all the time. And as I said, I'm your host, Pastor Ron Weaver, and I count it an honor and privilege to be here. But I do got to apologize. The producer left my mic open and I was coughing. <coughs> During that um, worship part, I got my allergies are acting up today. A little bit worse than normal. Um, so please bear with me when i going on the air no matter what. So, but we're going to continue now with this Bible study called in the heart and minds and what I'm going to do this time is read the scripture right now that God has given me and it's Psalms 102 verse 18 Psalms 102 verse 18 and it says this shall be written for generations to come and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. And what I think this is really talking about here, the Bible is going to be created. The Bible is going to be written. It's going to be something for generations to come. And as we shared a little bit yesterday, some people think the Bible is outdated. Now we're going to study that fact a little bit, but right now I'm going to go to J.B. Phillips' writing in 1974 in this book and read what he says. And then I'm going to share what God gives me. It says, On the habit of rep rep repressing all the softer condition may lead that the side of our nature to express itself in religion. I know, for instance, an exceedingly hard-boiled scout troop in southeast London, which invariably chose the sloppiest and most sentimental hymn to accompany their closing prayer. It is plain that they are finding in their religion the tenderness which the rest of their activities are constantly repressing. This means the effect that gentle Jesus, meek and mild, is taking the path of the mother's arm and part of their nature still remembers. This means that in latter years when they put away their childish things they will tend to regulate religion to the soft and childish past and feel that a grown up in person has no need for anything so sentimental. The remedy for this is twofold. A not to hold up for admiration or artificial tough and hardy attitudes to life but to show 
that the tender size of life, the love and beauty, family, affection, and the love of pets, etc., are equally and naturally part of life. And B, to give the Christian religion a replicable place in young people's mind as well in their hearts so that while their emotions and minds I mean emotional life is changing they will have an intellectual hold upon the truth now yesterday we were talking about in a full in a full world that a lot of the world is trying to silence the Bible okay that's what we were talking about yesterday but today we're getting a glimpse as kids grow older as they watch their parents grow older and they see them swaying their Christian beliefs not crying to the Lord not acting like a child of God a man is being most most um, masculine than having a tender side kids parents your kids are watching you and that's how they learn to imitate life because they imitate what they surround if they see a father not showing any love for God or for their family quite often that next kid don't show love for God and their family <coughs> now I'm not getting into that specifically I just wanted to point that out because we got to watch what we do spiritually if your kid sees you sleeping to like 10 minutes before Sunday school starts, then get up and you rush out. Don't get them breakfast. Get them in the car. Get them to church. And they come in. They only have like maybe 15 minutes of Sunday school time left. What are you teaching them? You're teaching them that study of the Word of God is not important. You're teaching them that studying the Word of God, that sleeping is more important than studying the Word of God on Sunday morning. Now, me and my wife have seen this. In fact, my wife experienced this in her own family. Of course, the person I'm talking about didn't go back to sleep, right? The person I'm talking about was her father, but he chose, even though he was up in time, probably, right? He had breakfast in time, right? He chose, he chose, he chose to be late almost every Sunday. The Sunday school. And then when they didn't go to Sunday school, he chose to be late to services. And so one day I said, as a pastor point of view, do you know how disrupting that is to a minister when he's trying to teach or preach, seeing someone come in late with a brood for kids? Because her mom and dad had three kids. 
So there was three kids trying to get their coats off them, trying to run them down to Sunday school if there was time left, trying to get into the sanctuary, and all this commotion is going on. Well, what did... Thank God it didn't happen this way with my wife, but it did happen with the other two kids. They did not stay in church. And I think part of the reason why is because their dad shows why is it important to go to church when dad goes late all the time. Is that a fair statement? Now my wife, on the other hand, even though she was late and she told me many days it was frustrating. And my mother-in-law told me, welcome to my life. Because we were living with them for a while when uh, he was still alive. Until the day he died, he ran late, didn't he? The church. Well, does that make him a bad Christian? No. But did it? what did it speak to his kids? And if my wife was not shy, I would ask that question, what it spoke to her. But I know she, cause she'll kill me if I ask her that. And, and she won't respond. She'll just sit there and give me a smile like, eh. <laughs> no. But it spoke probably that God didn't mean that much important to him. You just shake your head yes or no. That God wasn't that important to him. Is that what it goes? She's shaking her head yes. Because she's here in studio with me. But you are, the Bible tells us that we are the head of the church family. Okay? For spiritual. It's God, then you. And then, you know, you're past to get them to church. It's your responsibility to grow these kids up in the Lord. In fact, we read in J.B. Phillips' second key there was to make sure there's a love and support of the Bible instilled in these kids. So when they grow older, they still have it in mind. But if you come in late, they're only getting half the lesson or maybe quarter of the lesson. And then they're saying... Why, when they get in their teen years, I don't know how Paul and them were, her brother and, and were when they got a little older, if they were allowed to stay home or not. I don't know. But they got pike to the thing, well, Dad's late, why do I have to go? Did we have that discussion in your house? She don't remember. Odds are they probably did, but I have a feeling she made them go anyways. Right? Well, some parents actually give in and let the kids stay home because they get tired of arguing with these kids. But let me tell you something, saints. It's your responsibility to get them in. And the devil is going to use anything possible, anything possible to, to try to get these kids away from God. And that's why it's important that we make sure fathers... I want you to examine your life right now. I don't know how many fathers are listening right now. But I want you to examine your heart right now. And I want you to see. God wants you to see. Because I'm God's tool. I'm just teaching what he's asking me to teach and preaching. And what I'm saying is his words, not mine. 
right now. Examine your hearts and see what you want because you can fix it. You can fix it by making God a priority. The next thing you got to do is make sure you tell the Bible that the Bible is real because these kids are hearing it in grade school now that the Bible isn't real. They're reading books about things that they shouldn't be reading books at their age in grade school. But let me tell you something, saints. God is real and so is His Word. And if you're one of my listeners, you know that to be a fact. You know that to be true. And I just ask you and I implore you to make sure you tell these teens that God's Word is true. <clears throat> I remember, I think, a story from my mother-in-law about a college teacher that, in nursing school, I think it was, that she that, that this teacher was an atheist. And she had kind of a battle in that church, in that, in that room, if I understood right. Um, I don't think the teacher caught her out, did she? No. But it, he called out the existence of God and basically told them that God don't exist. And you know, he wasn't even teaching Bible stuff. He was teaching um, something with nursing. Okay? And in my opinion, them views shouldn't even been expressed by this teacher, only the, the views of what's being taught. Now, in real life, did he have his right to have the views of being an atheist and talk about? Yes. But did he have a right to change all these kids? No. But you know what? There happens in college more than you think. This week, we were talking, my pastor, well, see, I'm a pastor of an online church. We go to a physical church. And our pastor was talking about the last kid that went off to college. And they were more prayerful for this kid than the rest of the other two kids. Because the other two kids went to Oral Robert University and then to another one. But they were Christian colleges. So they knew that God was going to be brung up. And God wasn't going to be dismerged. But this third kid wanted to go to MSU, right? I understand right. A secular college. So this kid was going to have to deal with them saying that God's not real and people, different teachers' theories and, and stuff on this like this. She made it through and she's still a Christian. But Pastor Kell said before they even took her, they prayed for her in the kitchen. And they prayed so much for her during that whole time that she graduated and she's still as close to God as God had her. But a lot of us parents lose focus. They'll be okay in college. There's another kid that went to a Christian college. And I didn't understand what what the problem was. She could come home every weekend. I think the college was two hours away. But once a month she would come home and the idea was that she would go to her roommate <coughs> would take her to church at her church but it wasn't a Pentecostal church like she was used to okay 
But the thing is, she got far from home, and I don't think she went to church only once a month. Now, if that was my kid, and she was only two hours away, and she was allowed to come home from college every weekend, just to make sure that she was in a church I know she was comfortable in, know that she would learn about something in, I don't know about my wife. I think we would drive up there every Friday day, Friday night, bring her home Saturday, and take her back Sunday, right? Just to make sure she stays in church and everything. Because I watched this vibrant youth in our church, the church we were going to at the time. Strong for the Lord. Six months into it, there were some Sundays she didn't come home. And then when she did come home, there were some Sundays she slept in and didn't come. Now, if that was my kid, she'd been getting up. No matter if she's in college or not, I'm paying for the college, she's going to church. <laughs> but but they chose to let it digress even more. And to this day, I don't think she is a participant active in the church. What about you? Do you know? I think she's still far away from the Lord. And I think she she knows God. And she gets there once in a great while, but it's not a weekly thing like it used to be. Why? Because she got out of the habit. She got into a church that she didn't know. And I'm not saying all different kind of churches are bad. They're not. But I know it wasn't her religion. So it was taught this and that. And if the other girl didn't go to church, she didn't go to church, see? And there was a chapel... But they didn't give very much on Sunday mornings for that. But long story short, you, you, you. But see, this same girl saw her dad having trouble getting up for Sunday school, getting up for Sunday morning service, even though her mom made her go and she was for the strong for the Lord. But she, see, watching her dad, she kind of, it kind of hindered her. And then she got off to be by herself. And she handled even more. And she spiraled out of control. And in fact, it's to the point now where I think the dad and the daughter actually don't talk that much anymore. Because last time I understood, they were kind of... There was kind of a, a problem that came up between them. And he wants to tell her what to do, but now she's an adult and it's too late. <laughs> That's why we need to set the example now when your kids are living with you. All right? And we need to do that by showing them the Word of God and how true it is. And we need to do it by living the Word of God in our mind and in our hearts. Boy, that was a good Bible study today, wasn't it? I, I enjoyed that Bible study today. Um... I just wanted to touch on that because it's important. Because this earth is, the fabric of this earth is falling apart. Uh, of America. And if I hate to say this. If, if, I just got done teaching about Noah. Well, we're going to do one more week on Noah this Sunday. About praising God. But I just talked about the ark. And how God destroyed the earth because of a flood because he wasn't happy the way creation was living 
But then also I shared recently about Solomon and Gomorrah. And I hate to say it. If America keeps on this track, God's going to have to resurrect all those people that died in Noah's time and all those people in Solomon and Gomorrah and apologize if he don't change this world. Because it's getting evil and evil by the day. And that's why these podcasts are popping up and online ministries and physical churches is very important to get you, your wife, and your kids too, or your fiancés, or your girlfriends, or your boyfriends, or it's, we got to make sure you get them there, or listen to something, because I believe we are in the last days. God promised he wouldn't destroy the world by flood, but he did say it will be destroyed by fire next. And it's coming, saints. Don't be left high, high in the rapture. Okay? Okay, hallelujah. God is good, and he's good all the time. Now we're going to go to our next segment, and I think we're going to be running over a little bit. I'm sorry, but got to go with the producer's looking at me saying, wrap it up. Wrap up that section. Go to the next section. And I'm looking at the clock. We got, we, this is going, we try to aim for, <coughs> he's telling me to shut up right now. As we, uh, go into the next section. We got like two minutes left for the regular airtime that we plan. Um, we don't pay for this service, so if we do go over, it's fine. But we try to make it easy as possible to people. And uh, But anyways, we're going to go into the prayer request. And if you're a new listener here today, I encourage you to get a pen and pen pencil. I'm going to name these all down because they're wanting me to wrap it up. I know I said we would take time and do it one at a time. Uh, we're going to end up doing, um, and we're going to get better at this. We usually have, you know, five minutes left for this, but we went over. But we're going to do a general prayer over all of them, and then I'll have you guys pray over them, and we'll try to get it right tomorrow. But we're going to, my my dad, who is James Weaver, and my mom, who's the Lord Ease Weaver, my dad has an a, um, aneurysm on his aura of his heart. We want prayer that God take that away or don't let it grow. Uh, my mom's back. She's got uh, arthritis in her back and they can't give her any pain medicine because she's on a certain medicine. My cousin Margaret, something with her leg and there's two unspokens I want to share with her. And then for a friend of ours, his name is Lloyd. He's got cancer. Then for my friend Sean, he's like a brother from another mother. He has two unspokens and his mom's hip recovery. And I still talk to him and I forgot to ask him about that. And then for my brother-in-law Paul, Ruth and me, as we try to wrap up getting the house settled and, and uh, everything and get everything done equally and rightly of the, her mom's estate. For my friend Paul in Georgia, not the same guy, for his back and for his kid not to get sick so she can go to school and that she don't get coronavirus at all. And for for my unspokens that uh, different ministries that God has on my mind um, birthing in me. And then for my cousin Sharon and her situation that's going on. Um, for my aunt and her back. 
and for my cousin Lori and her furnace problem and family problems she's got going on um, then for them for I think that's it so what we're going to do we're going to pray real quick and I'm going to read them separately and if you got these right I ask that you pray for them and and I'll update you as we go let's pray dear Heavenly Father I lift you right now you are the great king you are the great healer you are the great doctor you are the great architect Lord you built these bodies we ask you right now to go into my dad's body and touch whatever's causing this aneurysm that let it either shrink or, or just stay there, Lord. We ask you to touch my mom's whatever's causing the arthritis in her back, Lord. We just ask you to touch and heal it. We ask you to be with my cousin Margaret's leg and the loss of her parents, Lord, and her unspoken. And Lord, we ask you to be with my cousin, our friend Lloyd and his cancer, Lord. We ask you to continue to heal, uh, heal him. And I ask you to be with my friend Sean and his two unspokens and his mom's hip recovery. I ask you be with Paul and my wife and me as uh, we wrap up my wife's mother's estate and uh, and everything go smoothly. It hasn't been too smooth and uh, we've been flexible but the other parties hasn't been. We just ask you to work that out. And Lord we ask you to be with my friend Paul in Georgia and help him with his back and touch and heal him. Help his kid not get sick and keep the kid from getting coronavirus, Lord. I ask you to be with these two unspokens about new ministry things birthing in me, Lord. We just ask you to give it to me and do it when you're ready, Lord. And Lord, I ask you to be with my cousin Sharon and her situation, Lord. You know what it is. I ask you to be with my cousin Lori, Lord, and this heating situation and her family, Lord. I ask you to be with my Aunt Denise's back and everything that goes good there be with my aunt grandma be with my grandma lord and touch her eyes and touch her ears and touch her her um hip lord and let her she's 94 years old lord we just ask you to give her a little bit back lord you've been leading me and mom to pray this way so we're asking you to give her a little bit back so she can enjoy her life a little bit more we ask you all these things in jesus name amen and amen and I want to read the next benediction to you before we close. And, and we'll close. And it says, Now may the God of peace who brought again, brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus and great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the internal working in us that which is pleasing in the sight of through Jesus Christ, to whom the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 13, verses 20 to 21, that benediction is. It says, And now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Christ Jesus, the great shepherd of our sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good, that you may do his will, working in us, that which is pleasing in the sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever. Amen and amen. Hebrews 13, 20, 21. And I encourage you these um, either 
Monday, either Tuesday or 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 tomorrow, I'm going to give you these scriptures to preach over your life every day, and I'm going to continue to do one every broadcast. But we need to start speaking these in our lives every day. When you're doing your prayer time, just read it to yourself, because it's saying, you know, it's just a message to you, and declare it in your life. Everybody that's listening. On that note, I'd like to thank you for listening to God's Internet Church Podcast, Episode 60. I'd like to say God bless you. See you tomorrow for the last podcast of the week. And I'd like to say God bless you. Love one another. Help one another. And be kind to one another in these, and understanding in these times. And on that note, I'm Pastor Ron saying see you tomorrow. For God's Internet Church, episode 61. And God bless you.